will be on the screen. But if you're able to follow that, that would be great. Luke 22, and picking up on verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. He replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclining at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. Also a dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials. And I confer on you a kingdom, just as my Father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you know me. 
Then Jesus asked them, when I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. If you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, as, and he is numbered with the transgressors. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is, pre- is reaching its fulfillment. The disciples said, see, Lord, here are two swords. That is enough, he replied. Jesus, as we remember today, as we break bread and, and share a cup, we, we want to understand what it is you did, what that meant, and also this isn't a history lesson. This is our family story. This is our gathering. Because we've gathered together to eat and remember, to give thanks, to know your forgiveness and reconciliation, but also to be inspired to have the breath of God breathe afresh in us and receive his grace. Thank you that you're amongst us. In Jesus' name, amen. Breaking with tradition is always difficult because it upsets the apple cart. Um, and people think, well, what are we doing? And it's getting a bit strange. It's out of the ordinary. But sometimes it's good to do things just a little bit differently because it makes us... It makes us remember again, be refreshed again. So in light of that, I'm going to do things a little bit different. Oh, hey, we're going to break bread and pass the cup around. And uh, it's kind of helpful that we're here because our seats have got little holders for our cups. So you don't have to hold very steady throughout the talk. But I want us to pass the bread and the cup around. But we won't consume it just yet. We're going to hold on to it. You've got little cups in your seats. The front row is always a little more difficult, uh, but uh, I'm sure you'll manage. And the reason I want us to do that is in this remembering, in these few short words that I'll share as we are together, I want you to, to be very connected, just like Jesus was with his disciples and broke bread and, and passed a cup. They were there. And he spoke of the kingdom a kingdom that he was establishing and bringing and inaugurating and said would be fulfilled. And it comes through his body and his blood shed on the cross, through his teaching, through his inspirational life, in saying, come and follow my people. You're welcome in this new age. So those who are serving, please come out. Jess is going to play for us as we pass the, uh, the bread and the cup around. We will come to the words that we're familiar with as we remember good words. But please take a piece of bread. Don't eat it just yet. If you need gluten-free, um, Trevor here has a, a gluten-free roll. 
uh, just kind of raise your hand or, or wait, ask one of the, um, the servers and they will bring that to you. and sharing it's a great time part of what we're doing is uh, is having a meal together a family meal together now as i as you've been serving i know tradition is a very strong thing and i know some people have have forgotten and they've eaten their bread already and that's okay uh, we're going to act with etiquette and grace so if you kind of received your bread and you popped it in your mouth because that's what we always do we're, we're not going to make um, fun of you particularly but uh, if anyone's done that and uh, suddenly thinking, oh, why is everyone still holding that? I know Callum did, so I can pick on him. <laughs> Callum, here we go. Here's, here's your bread. Um, you can have a double portion because uh, we're not making fun of you. Is anyone else uh, kind of just forgot for a moment and uh, just needs another piece of bread? Please, I won't. Well, anyway. We're going to pass the cups as well. We're going to share in a meal together. We're going to have a conversation. So servers, please um, uh, do... Come and help us uh, pass these round. It's like a, a meal that we'd have when we gather. As Jesus was, there was conversation, there was insight as they shared the cups and the food and the bread as they remembered the Exodus, Passover. Thank you. Thank you. 
in. If you've got a spare seat next to you, they're, they're there. Or just uh, you can hold them or pop them on the ground. Has everyone received a cup? We've been served our meal. We'll have a conversation and then we will we'll tuck in. We will eat together. I love this meal. It's profound, it's simple, it's poignant. I love this meal because Jesus includes. And I love this meal because it speaks volumes. It speaks of the rescue of God, his solution, his, his way, his declaration, his announcement of a new day. Billy Graham, I'm sure you've heard of him, uh, there'll come a day when, when as preachers talk about Billy Graham and the younger generation go, Billy who? Uh, because things move on. But, you know, he's the great evangelist. He talked about a disease running rampant in our world. He said, we're suffering from only one disease. Our basic problem is not a race problem. Our basic problem is not a poverty problem. Our basic problem is not a war problem. Our basic problem is a heart problem. We need to get the heart changed, the heart transformed. And that's what Jesus was doing in this meal. He spoke of a new covenant. And as they gathered, I, lo I love how the, uh, Luke introduced it. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. The day long awaited by Jesus. The day that he'd set his face towards and the direction of his ministry. The day upon which he will be arrested and tortured and crucified. A horrific day, but a day of new exodus. And as they, as they killed the Passover lamb, and as they made preparations for this feast, it harked back to that meal that God had, had said to the people of God, a hasty meal, a, a kind of quick picnic, that they couldn't bake an elaborate loaf. They had to bake bread with, without yeast, quick bread. But they were to share it in a meal where the lamb was killed and, and the blood would be, would be daubed on the doorposts in order that the angel of death who was coming would pass over and would spare those marked out as his. In the story of God's people who were oppressed and bound and afflicted and powerless to see themselves released. They, they were under oppression. And God rescued them. And Pharaoh let them go. And they ran out of the cities and the towns and escaped as God was doing a new redemptive act. 
and led them through the Red Sea. There's the sea parted, and as they, as they were established, the covenant of Sinai, the, as they were formed as God's people, celebrating God's release. Remember the Ten Commandments written on tablets of stone. But the prophets and the story of the Old Testament carry on, and Jesus knew well this story. No doubt had spoken of it, and the prophets, Ezekiel had said, the trouble is it's written on stone, but a new covenant is coming that will be written on tablets, not of stone, but on the heart, and our cold hearts will be made warm, and the law will be written within, not without. The new covenant, a new day. And that day, Jesus said, has come wonderfully. A new exodus, a new dawn, a new era, a new way, a new kingdom, a new people formed around Jesus. A new liberation, not just from the outward, but a change of heart. Fantastic. The kingdom of God begins here within us. All the way through Jesus' ministry as he taught, people had said, what is the kingdom going to be like, Jesus? What is it going to be like? And he told them story after story and said, it's like a seed that is sown, or it's like a crop that grows, or it's, it's like a man who finds treasure in a field and goes out. And on and on he would tell these stories. And you know what? They were all focused, not in the outward and the grand, but in the change that comes with our heart with people who will trust and believe and have faith in God. Luke records it. That story, the Last Supper, make preparations. Very practical, there's a room given. And in the story, notice how often Luke records this meal is about the inauguration of this kingdom of God. For I tell you, I will not eat again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Take this and divide it among you, the cup, for I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He wants us to eat it in his kingdom. And I love like this meal that he says these profound things. And, and as they're having these profound elements, the, the, the Passover lamb and, and the cups, and they're eating the bitter herbs, a disagreement breaks out amongst them. I love how easily distracted, just like you're being. You're hearing me and being distracted probably by all sorts of things around us. We're having a meal and talking. And, and a dispute rises amongst them and says, who's the greatest? I love that, don't you? Jesus is there serving them, telling them just the most profound things. And they go... Well, who's going to be the greatest, after all, in all this? And I love how Jesus weaves that in and says, who is greater, the one at the table or the one who serves? Answer? The one at the table. But not so in my kingdom, says Jesus. I'm the greatest among you, and I am serving. The mandate, the way of the new kingdom, that of service. 
And I love how he paints this picture to say the kingdom of God as we, as we go through our series in vision about building God's kingdom. It's all about Jesus. And he says it's now a different way. And on this day of remembrance, when we will gather together at the war memorial, we remember another way. The way of Jesus. That we're called to be part of as you hold your bread and your wine. You are called because you are saying in eating this, I trust you, Jesus. I will follow you and your ways. And we need these ways so much today. A way of a kingdom that confounds this world. A way of a kingdom that doesn't do it like we've done it by century after century after century. A way of Jesus that the world still clamors and longs for and hopes for but doesn't know where to find it. We find it here, symbolically held in your hands. Bread and wine broken body, life poured out, humble submission service. You may say, that's a mad way, Edward. But I tell you, the kingdom of God is the only kingdom that has lasted 2,000 years and still is ruling and reigning. All other emperors and conquerors and kings and despots and dictators, gone. But the kingdom of God remains because it's built upon Jesus and the truth of his word. And said, this kingdom will endure. It's my ways I will establish. I will build my church, says Jesus. The world would never have lasting peace so long as men reserve for war the finest human qualities. Peace, no less than war, requires idealism and self-sacrifice and a righteous, dynamic faith. Shane Claiborne, an author trying to live out the red-letter words of Jesus. You know, in your Bible, if there's red letters... They're prioritizing them. And they find it hard because it's radical and it's countercultural and it's different. He says this just like in old feudal wars or with contemporary gangs, things escalate. A shock and awe bombing leads to shock and awe beheading. A Pearl Harbor leads to a Hiroshima. A murder leads to an execution. A rude look leads to a cold shoulder. An eye for an eye. We've even heard it before and learned its logic all too well. But Jesus comes declaring his state of the union, his manifesto in the Sermon on the Mount. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But there's another way. And it's a good thing. Since as Gandhi and King used to say, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth leaves the whole world blind and with dentures. Brothers and sisters, that which we hold, that which we shall eat in and partake of, is the symbol, the element, the sign that we belong to a different way. Then in Corinthians, when Paul gathered together in the agape meal, the love meal, brothers and sisters like you and I, they said, before you eat it, have you got anything, any grievance against a brother and sister? Because Paul knew very well that this meal was about forgiveness and reconciliation and peace and being atoned for and at one with God. 
Hallelujah. But he also knew that it was about his people. It was about one another. As Jesus shared it with his disciples, with their conflicts and with their arguments, and who's the best and who's top dog and who's not, Jesus called them together and shared one cup, one loaf. There's different interpretations, and I don't pretend to understand it all, but as this argument continues, there's this curious little phrase that Peter says, we've got two swords. Have you noticed that before? I don't understand that. And Jesus says, that's enough. I don't think it's, well, two's enough. I think it's, that's enough. That way, that mentality, that understanding, the way of the sword, the way of violence, the way of conflict, the way of an eye for an eye. That's enough, says Jesus. Right at the heart of the kingdom, this grace meal, this love meal, this profession and this sign, this declaration, this is enough. This is enough. Bruce Milne, a writer and theologian, says this, We often fail to take the horizontal aspects of this Lord's Supper as seriously as those ones. We, yes, we gather to meet with Jesus and be filled by his Spirit, be forgiven. But it says there's another dimension. How often have the guests at this table sat next to each other for years in succession without knowing or loving one another or helping one another? Many a one has sought a close communion with the Lord and not found it because he would have the head only without the body. You can't have the head without the body. A relationship with members of the body is a huge factor in our spiritual growth. We'll eat and we'll drink and we'll go to the war memorial. But go rejoicing that there's a new way. Go as a witness, living it out. If there's something wrong and there's some relationship divided, put it right. Make the first move. That's the way of God. He incarnated himself. And said, yeah, I could have, I could have waited. I could have waited. They were in the wrong. They were in the wrong. They've done it wrong. And yet he made the first move. And said, I forgive you. Lived it and served, and the kingdom comes. Brothers and sisters, you're welcome at this meal. For God made the first move while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. There once was a woman who was disappointed, who was disillusioned. She was depressed. She wanted a good world, a peaceful world, and she wanted to be a good person. But the newspaper and the television showed her how far from reality this was. So she decided to go shopping. She went to the stores and wandered into a new shop she hadn't seen before. 
where the person behind the counter looked really quite like Jesus. Gathering up courage, she went up to the counter and asked, Are you Jesus? Well, yes, I am, he said. Do you work here? And actually, Jesus said, I, I, Yeah, I own the store. You're free to wander up and down the aisles, see what it is that I sell, and then make a list of what you want. When you're finished, come back here, and I'll see what I can do for you. So the woman did just that. She went up and down, and she saw things that thrilled her. There was peace on earth, and no more war, and no more hunger or poverty, and peace in families, and no more drugs, and, and clean air, and, and people living together in community. And she wrote furiously, and finally approached the counter, handed a long list to Jesus. He skimmed through the paper, and then smiling at her, said, no problem, reached under the counter and grabbed some packets and laid them out on the counter for her. She was confused. What are these? Jesus replied, these are seed packets. You see, this is a catalog store. The woman's really surprised. You mean I don't get the finished product? No, Jesus responded. This is a place of, of dreams, of hopes. You come and you see what it looks like, and I give you the seeds. Then you plant the seeds, go home and nurture them and help them to grow. Oh, she said deeply, disappointed. She turns and leaves the store without buying anything. Jesus got together with 12 disciples, maybe a few more broke bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when they'd eaten, he took the cup and said, this cup is a new covenant, sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, remember me. For as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Kingdom meal about a coming kingdom. Let's eat and be thankful. Drink and be thankful. This is the, the band plays Lost in Wonder. I'll pray, and then we will stand and sing. King of the kingdom, you nourish us. You have not forgotten us, nor finished with us. May that which is not of you be stripped away. We put it to death. We mortify it and we want to live the way of the king and the kingdom as servants 
as ambassadors of a great new way. And the world will be perplexed, it won't understand, it will try to stamp out. We have the benefit of hindsight and see it doesn't prevail. So with confidence that you forgive us, that you've forgiven this world, we pray in faith that we should, as we have been forgiven, forgive others. That as we have come to know peace and full, fullness of relationship with our Father in heaven, we should seek to be peacemakers. And on this day of remembrance, of sacrifice, of so much that has been given and so costly, we pray, Lord God of our fathers, great and merciful God, the Lord of peace and life and Father of every person on this world. We believe that you have plans for peace and not affliction. That you condemn wars and defeat the pride of those who start wars and the violence. We thank you that because you sent your son, Jesus, to preach peace to those who are near and far away and to gather people of every race and nation and kindred into a single family. We cry out to you, O oh God, to hear the single-hearted cry of your children, the anguished plea of all humanity. No more war, which is an adventure without return. No more war, which is a spiral of death and violence. No more war, which becomes a threat against all your creatures in heaven, on earth, and in the oceans. Once again, Lord, we implore you to speak to the hearts of those responsible for the fate of all your peoples of the earth. We pray to stop this vicious cycle of revenge and retaliation through your Holy Spirit to suggest new solutions instead of war generous and honorable gestures so that all nations and races and kindreds may live in harmony with no more war. We worship you, Jesus. And know this isn't a vain prayer, but a kingdom prayer. And we are amazed and awed lost in wonder again. Let's stand. Mm -hmm.